welcome back to the Crispy Toast Podcast here. I'm Chris. And it's Alan. And today we are talking about something that's a little interesting that showed up on the front page of Reddit right now. And I'm taking a look at it right here. We've got Twitter slash Square CEO Jack Dorsey is donating $1 billion to COVID-19 relief funds and to other charities. $1 billion, yeah, okay. Yeah, $1 billion with a B here. If the money... If the money remains after COVID is disarmed, the remainder of the money will go towards health, education, and universal um, income. And so the interesting part about it, not only is the donations amazing, but the interesting part about this is that, according to them, the amount represents 28% of his net worth. So if we roughly looked at this at about, let's say, round up to 30, right? This guy is technically worth $3 billion. Wow. When you look at that. And, you know... when you think about Twitter, um, the first thing is just like, you know, how do you make money off Twitter, honestly? Yeah. Um, as a website itself, like the only thing I could see is really, you know, ads and such. Um, people, you know, famous celebrities being on there. So obviously it has the influence on there as well. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about it is for only $1 billion is only a third of his technical wealth. How much money is it too much money for you? Or is it there no such thing, Alan? What do you think? I don't know, man. I mean, with how everything is going on right now, I feel like, um, you know, actually, it's a really good question. I, I need to think about that a little bit more. I feel like there's should be a lot of um, things that you should be able to, to buy. But at the same time... Um, it's going to make it more worth it if you were to save up money and then buy it, you know, not just because you have it and you can just quickly buy it, you know, just saving up and then the, the anticipation, um, purchasing it, just waiting for a while. I think that whole process is better than, you know, actually having enough money to buy whatever you want. If that makes sense. Yeah. One of the things, uh, when I was, looking at thinking about that initially is that i've I've thought about this for a while and i've tried to read into you know how do you retire early there's a subreddit you know on personal finance and people trying to you know be able to save up and retire early i've read stories about people retiring at the age of 35 um, because they lived you know very frugal lives like for the first like 10 years like in their 20s and then now at 35 they are able to retire and then you know have more time to do what they want but you know with the caveat of it was this uh idea where um even though they retired they only had a certain amount of income that was passively being um accumulated so mm-hmm. uh for example uh, i read an article i think it was off of cnbc this guy said he retired at the age of 36 he was a oh, banker man. for about a bank teller or a banker or something for about, I would say, eight years. He accumulated roughly uh, $3 million um, in his wealth. And he said he lived very frugally, tried to save so much money. And he was able to retire by, I believe, 35, 36, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers. But he said he now is able to retire and enjoy his life. But it came, the the article title was like the caveats of retiring early. Um, One of the things that came up was the idea of him having to actually budget his 
income because now he has a limited income. So imagine he's only getting like roughly two thousand um, uh, dollars a month uh, without working, essentially. But since he's not working anymore and being retired, he has to budget that two thousand dollars to keep him going. Yeah, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. I understand this whole process of of uh, of, re- of retiring early, but at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of things that can contribute to to actually how much you're going to be spending later on down the line. Like you said, you're only, for example, if he's only getting $2,000 per month, like how is he really going to be spending that money? Cause he's not going to get any more income, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Probably for, probably for example, he's getting steady income for two, for $2,000 a month. And let's say he, he needs to buy a new house. Where is he going to get all the money from? He's just spending paycheck by paycheck, for example. That's I mean, true. Not, 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 not necessarily that he's spending paycheck by paycheck. I don't know how his how lifestyle he's is spending it. But if he's be, but but then if he's living frugal for the past ten years to be able to retire at the age of thirty-five, then you know he's probably going to be, I don't know, living Stay. life. I don't know, or, or maybe continue with that lifestyle because he knows that he's he doesn't really need much. That's true. Yeah. It, the article did also mention that along those lines that uh, when people he was trying to debunk like some of the ideas of retiring early, he had mentioned that um, when many people retire, they like, oh, they're going to take the money and start traveling, you know, like uh, spontaneously and things like that. But he said, honestly, there was a lot of uh, things that he had to do to, you know, continue to self-discipline in terms of that and that and if he wanted to travel he still had to budget that passive income to the point that he could save up enough in his savings and then you know like basically if you were working and you saved up money to go do something instead of working he just kind of you know sat around and just waited until he could have enough money to be able to travel so there was that aspect of it and you're right he did still have to stay on a budget the other thing too was that he had to calculate for you know unexpected expenses like you mentioned if he needed to buy a house or let's say his car broke down or if he had right. medical expenses all of a sudden mm-hmm. he needed to be able to essentially be able to pay for those expenses right. still yeah so anyway going back to all of that you know he set his his uh limit at about like three million dollars his concept is is that if he puts his money into passive markets, he would get roughly, I believe, I want to say it's uh, a two, two to two to three percent of uh, income every year, and then he whatever budget that was for that year, that's how much money he gets for the entire year, and so he never touched his three million, so. I think I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it was like a hundred thousand or something like that, and that was his money for the for the year, and that's what he had to budget on. Right, right. Wait, so let me get this right. So he saved three thousand dollars or three million dollars in yeah. his savings. That's excluding. Um, uh, no, not 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 specifically savings. It's um, how can I describe it? Like 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 a four hundred one k, right? So you know how like in four hundred one ks or retirement funds. You have like those investment companies who are saying, oh, yeah, we'll continue to try to invest it in a way to make sure that you get 
you know, two to 3% back or something like that. Right. Yeah. So that the money continues to grow. Cause the idea of retirement is that however much money you save when you retire, whatever percentage money that you're making afterwards each year, that's going to be the budget for whatever, you know? Right. So and, he's retiring so early, right? So, so let's just say he graduated at 21 and then at 35, he's, he's, he's retired, right? Yeah. So he's been working for what, roughly what, 14 years. Yeah. So in 14 years, how much money did he actually save up through retirement for him to be able to retire? Did, uh, I, did that article I say, uh, let me see if I can try to pull up that article in the meantime, but, um, what would you think um, in terms of how much money would it take you to essentially either retire or, you know, essentially be well off? Obviously, you know, when you look at Jack Dorsey's situation, obviously $1 billion is way more than enough for that. But have you ever thought about like in terms of lifestyle income and all that, how much you would need to essentially just be well off, but not necessarily be like overly rich? Hmm. Let me see. So if I just do some rough calculations, let's just say I'm I'm putting a million dollars aside for a house. Um just for just to buy it and just to do renovations and just to you know do maintenance throughout the years. So you know what? Actually let's just say twelve hundred dollars. No, twelve uh a million two hundred thousand. Um and then from that if I get roughly five thousand dollars a month. I think I should be well off with that. I mean, like, it's not like overly too much, but it's enough for me to be able to eat what I want, do what I want, and then have have extra to to save if I want to. And then, you know, if someone wants to borrow some, then then yeah, I can. It's not like I have way too much excessive money. Mm-hmm. I think I think about that. So I don't think I even need a billion dollars actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, and looking at it, uh, actually, I just found the article here while you were talking for a bit. It says here that he, so he retired at the age of 34, exactly. He had amassed a net worth of about $3 million and generates roughly $80,000 in in passive investment income a year. So that's what he, that's what it was for him. Okay, so he gets $80,000 a year. For retirement. From, from, Okay. Yeah, as his retirement. And he was uh, initially, he didn't specify how much he was making when he was working, but he did say that he was making a six-figure paycheck. Okay, Um, okay. And so, yeah. I mean, for someone like that, then, yeah, that's totally understandable how he is able to retire at 35 and then just continue with whatever he's doing. But for Mm -hmm. someone in the middle class, like, like a lot of people that we know, if you were just just making you know three four thousand dollars a month, um, you're not going to be able to retire at thirty five. Yeah, I have. I don't think you even have a chance. Especially if you're going to be living in San Diego or or just in California in general right mm-hmm. now. You know, um, yeah, no chance. If yeah, middle class person. I yeah. I I think when in terms of when I think about early retirement or anything of like being. I guess, well off. Um, uh, since I, I work as a nurse, um, 
I don't work as many days compared to other people. I mean, I, I do work longer hours in exchange for that, but I do have like big chunks of time off. Um, right. So when I think of like, you know, trying to retire early or trying to find the right balance of that, um, the minimum thing I could think of is just being able to pay for my house. Um, I think that's the big um, concern at the moment for me really is like, if I'm able to, you know, pay off the house as early as possible, like if I like if my house is not, you know, a million dollars or anything like that, if I was able to pay that off today, I think more or less I would consider myself pretty well off because based on my income, I could easily just start using, some, you know, half of that, you know, my uh, paycheck to go put in do whatever the hell you want yeah yeah do the hell what i whatever the hell i want you know half that paycheck can go into you know getting ready to travel all the one into savings into 401k yada 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 but true, i true, think true. the the key thing for me was the, the key thing is that if i can pay off that house you know asap everything else just kind of opens up you know when you work then it's like you're working to be able to have fun at that point and then also the time does go by as well so if I also had to consider that, um, if I could still work and probably maintain whatever that guy had, like $3 million in terms of investment, that would actually be pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, true. So, so, so let me ask you this. Since you're the one that has a house and you – okay, so hypothetical question. So let's just say you paid off your house by the time you're 35. Same as yeah. that guy, right? Mm-hmm. So by, and so when you're 35, you've paid off the house – and you decided that you have enough to retire and you have enough saved up, would you actually retire? Or would you, you know, just find yourself bored and just want to do something? Like, like because there's there's a lot of people that are retiring, but they still work part-time because they can't find themselves doing anything else. So they go back to work, but they can't work full-time, so they're working part-time. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Uh, honestly, I've actually spoken to a few people who not necessarily are retired per se, but they have the income to essentially retire off of, um, and they are nurses as well. And they said that, uh, we, they continue to do the job because one, they do love working with people Two, It gets them outside of the house and being active still. Right. Um, Three, they still, it's like added income on top of it. They, you know, they don't need the extra money. They, you know, but they get it anyway, regardless. Right. And so honestly, if I did have the house paid off and I was technically set up to retire, I would probably also still continue working. I think because, you know, in the nursing profession, um, there's a lot of flexibility in terms of that. You can work anywhere between, uh, three days a week, um, down to even just one day a week, you know, depending on the situation, if you're not necessarily tied down by anything, you can have that flexibility of what kind of scheduling or however your contract is set up for the hospital Mm -hmm. and then go from there. So I would probably still work. Um, maybe not necessarily to the extent of a full-timer, but right. maybe I'd pull down to part time. Um, you know, if I'm if we're assuming thirty five, yeah, I'd probably do it part time to you know balance until that you, work life until that you work actually life uh, get to your retirement age. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, let's put it this way. Um, Alan, you currently work five days a week, right? Yes. So, you know, do you feel like that? Sure, you obviously are limited to, you know, only your two-day weekends. Do you feel that if you were able to pull back from five days down to, let's say, four or three days, do you feel like that makes a huge difference, you know, on your part in terms of work-life balance? You know, it really depends on what kind of job um, it is, but and and also how how I'm getting paid. I feel like if I'm like, because um, right now I'm being paid hourly, so with being hourly, I just want to get in my hours and leave. But I've also heard of some companies who are paying their employees um, salary, and with that, they're able to um, work. What was it um, ten hour days every week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're only working four days, and they get a three-day weekend every week. I see. Yeah, so I think it really depends on what kind of job it is. And if it's something that I can fit into four days and just be there for 10 hours, then I think I, I think that's going to be totally fine and just have three-day weekends. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it really depends on the type of job it is, too. Like, for instance, I mean, right now I'm doing some lab work. It's totally up to the experiments themselves. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes I would want to go in just because, you know, I do things differently every single day. It's not a repetitive procedure. Um, so, I don't know, man. It's, it's a, That's a really good question. I feel like I would still want to go in five days a week just because, um, you know, weekends, long weekends are nice, but I don't really need long weekends, you know. Sometimes I'm itching to go back to work especially now mm-hmm. during COVID. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine for a lot of people, they just want to be able to head back into work and just go back to their normal lives. Oh, um, interesting point. Uh, actually, I, this just kind of came up, you know, thinking just now. Yeah. If we were, if you were put into a situation where you already have the money, you're already good. You don't necessarily need a job. Is there a specific entry level, like low paying job that you've always wanted to, you know, just experience, you know, whether it's like working at, you know, a Barnes and Noble or anything like that. Is there a specific job that you've always wanted to, you know, try? <laughs> hmm. I think um, working at a at a fast food place, actually, you know, I never worked as a fast food place ever. Mm-hmm. And just just watching how how they actually work sometimes, because um, I think I think this actually occurred to me. Um, back when I was ordering some burgers at at in and in and out, and I was just thinking to myself that there, there's a lot of people in the back and just putting orders together, and sometimes they get a little messy back there. But I think with how I work and my work ethics and how I'm able to just gather everything, put them all together, and just get the order out, I think I'll be pretty good at it. I just never had the chance to you know actually put it to the test, like you said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, what about you? Um. I think for me, looking at it now, uh, first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, would be uh, Best Buy, you know, working like uh, a sales associate, you know, um, just like helping always, people out. Yeah, just helping people out, you know, how much they you know buy for it or maybe like Target or GameStop or something like that, you know, some some form of I guess maybe I, I'd want to do electronic reta- retail and see how that was like. 
but then also partially maybe because I've never been in this kind of environment, maybe an office job, just like office a, job, like an office cubicle job, you know, where you're, you know, the, the, the stereotyping of, you know, crunching numbers or sitting at a cubicle kind of situation. Um, I, I've never had that sort of experience with that because oh, yeah, that of sounds my kind profession. Of fun, actually, yeah. You kind of just, you know, probably this is probably connected to to the fact that I am re I'm watching The Office on Netflix right now, and I'm on season five, and <laughs> you know, just yeah. seeing that level of, I guess, storyline progression from you know seeing what this mundane life of like uh, essentially a paper a paper selling company is happening. So I'm just like kind of curious, is like what is you know that office life really like? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I do right, want to be and, in that environment or that scenario. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that said, we are going to be wrapping up here. This is, again, the Crispy Toast podcast here. Uh, I'm Chris. And it's Alan. And thank you guys so much for listening in on this. Uh, let us know in any of the snippets of this uh, episode in on our Facebook page or Instagram. Let us know what you guys think is how much enough money is for you. Honestly, for me, like I said, probably being able to pay off the house probably is a good start at least. And for you, Alan, I Yeah, I think just just being able to pay off my future house and just having extra in case of any emergencies that comes up. Um and then just being able to live comfortably every month, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And with that said, thank you guys so much for listening in, and we will see you guys in the next one. All right. Peace. Bye.